And welcome to another episode of the Freedom Media Network podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Freedom Circle. Now, the Freedom Circle is our private virtual coaching group for individuals like you who want to become more purposeful, more productive, more prosperous, and allow your creative power to flow. That creative power is your most potent power as an individual, as a human being. And in the Freedom Circle, we help you cultivate that power. We help you unleash it. We help you design the life you want to live. Now, we have three live virtual events each and every month. One of those events is a live mastermind in which we bring together the power, the wisdom of the crowd of all the participants of the Freedom Circle. And we also have an additional two live workshops per month on a variety of topics. Today, you're going to hear one of those topics, and you're going to hear a portion of our recent workshop on meditation. Members of the Freedom Circle also get my private exclusive Sunday letter. And as members will tell you, there's also some secret goodies that I provide along the way. If you're interested in joining the Freedom Circle, go to freedomcircle.life. That's freedomcircle.life. You can sign up to join there, or you can learn more about it and then ping me if you have any questions or are interested in learning more. We'd love to have you in the Freedom Circle. Now, as I mentioned, today's episode is from a portion of a recent event we had in the Freedom Circle. It was a workshop on meditation. Now, you're going to hear the portion of that workshop in which we talk about the benefits of meditation. We talk about the problem with inflammation in our society. That inflammation is caused by chronic stress, by chronic cortisol, physically, spiritually, mentally. And why meditation and a mindfulness practice is proven to help you reduce cortisol, reduce stress, reduce anxiety, reduce that inflammation that is the number one killer in our society. There's a whole variety of benefits to meditation. We discuss about that. We discuss about that. We discuss that and more in today's episode. If you'd like to hear the second portion, the workshop portion, you can join Freedom Circle by going to freedomcircle.life. But without further ado, here's our episode sharing with you the power of meditation. Um, but the first part of today is we'd like to talk about uh, the benefits of meditation, some of the myths of meditation, um, why meditation is so important. You know, I there's a guy I follow who's a great copywriter over on Twitter. And I saw something a couple months ago, and I still follow him, but I, I, I deeply disagreed with him where he said, and I, and I say this as someone who used to agree with what he used to say, which is, if you stop meditating, you'd have an extra two hours a week to get your outcomes accomplished. And you know that I'm radically outcomes focused, but you know that I'm also a fan of taking time to uh, be present be mindful and enjoy life. But I also think that time to be mindful is important to achieving your outcomes, right? And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Before, does everyone have, by the way, before we get started, at least a pen, paper, tablet, some other, I know Reeve always does. Um, so so we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. And there, there'll be some things here that we write down. Um, so, you know, what if I asked you, what do you, what's the leading cause of death? even this past year, right? What, what's the leading cause of death in America? Old age. 
stress and anxiety. Old sucks. <laughs> old age, okay. Anyone else? Stress and anxiety. Stress and anxiety. Any other guesses? All of those are, are key. When you look at the list, you know, heart disease is at the top. Other cardiac related issues are right up there. Um, but when you get to the root of it, even with COVID, it's inflammation, cancer, inflammation, heart disease, inflammation, uh, flu, inflammation, COVID, inflammation. When you look at what's happening to people in the hospital, they're having something called a cytokine storm. That is your inflammatory response. It's part of your immune response. It's meant to protect you. But just like anything else, things that are meant to protect us, cortisol is a killer when we have it consistently and constantly. And right now we have a heavily inflamed society from the shit we eat, from the sugar we eat, from the bread we eat, from the gluten we eat. I've been called for the last 12 years a weirdo for not eating bread. And right now, over the last two years, I have to laugh at all those people who said I was a weirdo. You know why? I don't get sick. And I'm happy for that. My family doesn't get sick. All of these contribute to inflammation. Now, something you said, Jennifer, that contributes to inflammation is the chronic stress that we have in our society. So cortisol, is a stress response. It is the stress hormone. It is absolutely necessary. We're walking down an alley, someone jumps in front of us, we run or we fight or we freeze up and get our butts kicked, right? That is a protection response that we have. Now, if you go back in history 10,000 years ago, we come out of the caves, right? There was enough stress around us, right? How did we survive? Our stress response, a tiger comes out and we start running. Now, I want to I wanna share something here, and, and some of this is, is going out of order, but you know me, who cares, right? So there's, a, there's a, one of my very favorite, favorite Zen koans. Now, to, now, a koan is a story that's meant to be a little bit funny, make you think, um, and it, there's no right or wrong in it, but you can draw your own conclusions. And that, that koan is this. There was a man in a field, and suddenly he saw a tiger. The tiger started chasing him, so the man started running. He's running, he's running, he's running. What happened? His cortisol response kicked in. He started running. He didn't want to get killed by the tiger. All of a sudden, he comes to a cliff. Oh my gosh, this tiger's going to kill me. Either I jump or not. But he saw a vine on the cliff. He got on the vine. He started climbing down. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm safe from the tiger. He looks up and he sees the tiger. But then he looks down and there's another tiger at the bottom of the vine. Oh my gosh, his Cortisol response kicks in again. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? He looks up. There's a tiger above. There's a tiger below. What am I going to do? And just then he looks straight ahead and right on the cliff is a beautiful flower. And he reaches out, picks that flower, smells it, and everything is okay. Now that's the end of the story. Now I posted this on LinkedIn and I had someone, Reeve, you know this person, and he came out and he said, oh my gosh, that must have been one heck of a flower. It was the last flower he ever smelled. And that's what he looked at. But here's what I take from that koan. That tiger up above is our anxiety and our fear about the past. The tiger below is our anxiety and our fear about the future. 
that flower represents the present and it is so damn difficult when we are so marinating in our past and anxious about our past and we're so scared about the future whether that's our to-do list our task list what's going to happen next week all the people who said no on our sales calls yesterday the job interview i had a year ago whatever it is when we're so focused on the past or the future we can't be present that's when our cortisol rises now it's not to say everything's okay this guy smelled a flower and he's going to get eaten by a tiger the point is this man found a, in the in the realm of everything that's going on, and I talk a lot about tuning out the noise, and people get so offended. How can you tune out the noise? There's so much going on. Listen, I get it. I understand. But when we don't have the ability to be mindful and present, then we marinate in our cortisol. We are putting ourselves at risk. Now, this isn't selfish because guess what? Reeve, if you die, Richard, if you die, Jennifer, if you die, Chris, if you die, if I die, guess what? What are we doing to our families? My sister-in-law, what did she leave behind for her family? They're missing their mother right now, right? Now there's a legacy moving forward, but that's why we say self-care isn't selfish. And your personal habits and what you do, if you fail to do them, isn't a victimless crime. You're no good to your clients if you're dead. You're no good to your family if you're dead. And one of the keys to mental, physical, spiritual health is being present present in the moment. That doesn't mean the tigers aren't going to eat you at some point, but if you have one millisecond or 10 years to live, don't you just want to have that one millisecond at least be in a sense of peace and happiness no matter what's going on in the world? So inflammation is one of the key killers. There's, there's a, and we know this in regards to stress and anxiety right? Inflammation, not only what we eat, inflammation over time, frequent inflammation leads to cancers. Inflammation over time, cortisol, constant cortisol, which we have in our society right now, right? We don't get out and get chased by tigers every morning, and yet we're more stressed on a long-term basis than ever in history. You all are watching me on this computer. We can all talk about privilege, but guess what? The people who talk about privilege who watch me on LinkedIn are more privileged than 99% of the world or anyone in history because they're carrying a computer in their freaking hand. Do you know that there's more technology in this phone than there was in the Apollo space capsules? <laughs> right? But this shit's causing us stress. Every day, the notifications, you wake up in the morning, you check your email. And I urge people not to check your email. Oh, Kurt, you don't understand. That's what people always say to me. Kurt, you don't understand. No, I have four kids. I've been running three companies at one time in the past. I have no idea what stress is like, right? Being present, waking up in the morning, having quiet, being mindful is so important. Your inflammation starts as soon as you wake up in the morning. It starts before you go to bed. Oh, my to-do list, my task list, because everything's so important because I got to close that deal. I have that $5,000 deal. I got to be responsible. And we forget that there's also a responsibility for us to be alive and be happy for our families. I think I told this story recently. I reached out to a guy. We talked last year. His name's Kevin. He's in Portland, Oregon. Kind of lost touch. He reached out to me in April. He said, hey, man, what's going on? It was a Saturday morning. I was watching college football. I changed my phone number. I said, hey, doing great. By the way, who is this? <laughs> and he said, hey, it's Kevin. Da, da, da. I said, how are things going? He said, I've never been better. I said, really? Why? He said, because I had the Widowmaker in April. Almost died. It took that infrastructure rattling event in his life for him finally to get his shit together and realize that the next email, the next meeting, the next call, the next $5,000 was not as important as him being present in his own life and for his family. And so I urge you, I know some of you here on this call have had those infrastructure rattling events. Don't wait. 
until that happens. You don't have to wait until that happens. And so part of that is being mindful. Now we've known for a long time that inflammation increases. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Welcome. Thank you. We, we had a long lead in about stress and inflammation and the, and the, the bodily uh, problems it can cause you, the physical problems. Um, and we know that stress can lead to depression, can lead to anxiety. But what are all those things? So there was an article published a few years ago in Brain Behavior and Immunity Journal, Dr. George Slavich. And he looked that inflammation and an inflammatory response, which again is a natural response, is a needed response, right? If you cut your finger right now, there's actually an inflammatory response that happens to close it up. I used to have really bad asthma growing up. And what would happen is if I even, uh, you know, asthma is actually an inflammatory response. And so what would happen is if I drank some water and it went down the wrong pipe, just called aspiration, my body's inflammatory response would kick in and I'd be horrible for about six hours my asthma response would kick in. So that same inflammatory response that's meant to save you <laughs> can actually kill you. We're seeing that with COVID right now, the cytokine storms, right? This is an inflammatory response that's literally killing people. So uh, inflammation is, is led to a lot of people. However, Dr. Slavich, what he found is, and I'll link to this study as well for you so you can see it. Inflammation is involved in at least eight of the top 10 leading causes of death in the United States today. We already talked about that. Frequent inflammation leading to cancer. Hell, we see this and this study was done even before uh, COVID, flu, pneumonia, heart disease, et cetera. Now, a big cause of inflammation is cortisol. Cortisol is spiked by caffeine. Cortisol is spiked uh, by lack of sleep. Cortisol is spiked by sugar consumption. Uh, and a number of those things, but cortisol is also spiked when we're in a constant state of stress and anxiety. When we're constantly worried about the tiger at above the vine and at the bottom of the vine, even if that tiger is just, oh my gosh, I forgot to send that email out. When we wake up in the morning and we look at our email and a boss or a client pisses us off, guess what? Your cortisol is spiking. And when that happens constantly, when we have the TV on in the background, when we have the email going, when we have those notifications going on, guess what? Whether you want to try and convince me or not, your cortisol has raised and you have put yourself as a victim of someone else's agenda of notifications of this damn thing right here. And so you have a consistently elevated level of cortisol, which is literally killing you. Now, mindfulness and cortisol. There is a number of studies, I'm gonna cite one here from University of California at Davis, that studied the, uh, the impacts of lowering of cortisol. There's also a great book called Mind is Matter uh, by Dr. Dawson Church. Uh, there's a lot in there about emotional freedom technique, which we did that uh, last month, talked about Dawson Church a bit but he looked at eco-meditation. This UC Davis study looked at mindfulness in actually reducing cortisol levels. So just even 20 minutes a day of quiet. Now I recommend it first thing in the morning. That doesn't mean it doesn't work at noon or before you go to bed. I did it yesterday. I went on a long hike or a short hike actually uh, to a little vista here and I did meditation in the middle of the afternoon. Um, can help as well. That 20 minute practice. And there's an old saying that uh, if you're busy, meditate. Everyone should meditate for 20 minutes a day. If you're super busy, meditate for two hours. Right? It's more needed. I don't have time to work out. If you're that busy, you definitely better get workout. Right? You're digging your grave <laughs> with your busyness. And so, um, 
what this found, uh, and this was supposedly the first study, there's a place, a, a project, an organization at UC Davis called the Shamatha Project. Um, and it said, uh, the head of this, the, the researcher there said, it's the first study to show a direct correlation between resting cortisol and scores on a mindfulness scale. So mindfulness is the ability to be on that vine with the tiger above and the tiger below and be able to be happy about that flower in front of you. It's the ability to sit in a funeral or a wake like I did last week. And instead of focusing on, oh my gosh, how my brother found my sister-in-law. Oh my gosh, this is a blot on humanity. Oh my gosh, I'm so angry because of the way she died and all that. To sit there and be grateful for the times you had with her. There's nothing wrong with that. But we live in a society that my friend Jason Gregory, who may, many of you, I, I may have introduced him to you. I'll share some studies. He's got a great book called Fasting the Mind about the importance of mindfulness because we live in what he calls a yin deficient society, a yin deficient society. Now, what does that mean? Well, many of you might be familiar with the yin and the yang, or as Americans put it, yin and yang, right? The circle and you have the black and the white, and you know there was a Seinfeld episode about the black and the white cookie and the yin and the yang, right? And most people, we think it's opposites. There's good and there's bad. There's masculine and there's feminine. And if you go back into Chinese literature, the Tao Te Ching, no. And by the way, for those of you who are Christian and not Tao Te Ching, please don't get triggered by the fact that I'm talking about the Tao Te Ching. When you actually study it, you realize it's not religious. There's a lot of great philosophy and rules for living there, even from a physical nature. I had someone who was interested in coming to my retreat in Maine, he said, well, you know, I'm Christian and you talk about meditation. What we're going to talk about today has nothing to do with going against anything related to your religion or what, right? Being present is being present. And if you read the gospel, I've read the Bible cover to cover four times. Part of Jesus's message is about being mindful and being present. God will provide. When we're so damn nervous about our to-do list and our task list and what's happening next week and what happened last week, though, that simply isn't possible. And so what we do in our heads, we look at praying as begging. My God, everything is so horrible. Please, God, give something to me. And then we go to a funeral like I was at last week. We get angry. God, I asked you for help and you still killed my sister-in-law. Well, that ain't the way it works, right? When you sit back and you're mindful, you realize that we all make decisions in our lives. By the way, speaking of decisions, we're dumber when our cortisol levels are up. We are stupider when our cortisol levels were up. You know when I learned this? In boxing for five years. Because it's easy to look at someone and look at a fight. Whether it's pay-per-view or if you're sitting ringside and you look and you're like, that's the worst boxer I've ever seen. I saw that punch coming. Why didn't he get out of the way? Why didn't he duck? Why didn't he bob? Why didn't he weave, right? It's easy when you're sitting calmly and someone's not coming at you to like beat your head in, it's easy to look at someone and say, wow, you know what happens when you get in that ring and the ring and the bell rings? Your cortisol spikes through your skull because there is a man, and by the way, I've actually boxed women that scared the shit out of me. When, they, when that bell goes off and someone's coming at you to hit you, you know what happens? You're dumb. And if you haven't trained your subconscious, which is 95% of your cognition, which is your habits, you ever drive somewhere? Right. And it's a, it's someplace you've driven all the time and you get there and you're like, I don't even remember that drive. 
it's because you've trained yourself over and over and over and over to take the right turn and the left turn and how to get there, right? When you shower, you ever at the end of a shower, you're like, wait, what the, I don't even remember the shower. It's because you do it over and over and over again. And that's why boxing, you have to train over and over and over again. So things come naturally to you. You know why? Because if you're relying on your conscious brain, good luck. You're dumber when your cortisol spikes. Why? Ever there's a scene in the Avengers, right? Where at the end of Avengers, Tony Stark and Iron Man is out of power. The suit is out of power, but he's got to fly after this missile and then push it into space to save New York City. And so what he says is he grabs the missile and says, put everything into my rockets basically in my feet so we can get everything up. So everything else turns off. That's what happens with cortisol. Your body says, oh shit, there's a tiger in front of me. Even if that tiger is watching the news, even if that tiger is waking up in the morning and seeing an email, we need to divert all your energy to save Jennifer, to save Richard, to save Sean, whoever it is, to save yourself. So we're going to divert all energy to doing that. Maybe you've got to run away. Guess what you're not doing? You're not thinking consciously. So if you don't know how to do that and you haven't trained yourself to do that, which is why on the Freedom Business Blueprint, we talk about zeroing out some of the subconscious craps that's there because you know what else is a habit? Limiting beliefs, bogus beliefs, bad beliefs about money. And so you're dumber when cortisol comes in. So when you make those decisions, guess what? You're making stupider decisions that may put you at risk, put your family at risk, put your job at risk if you are in a constant heightened state of cortisol. Now, this constant heightened state of cortisol is something that 99% of people who come to me are in. They're buried, they're busy. They're in a career that's stressing them out. Oh my gosh, my wife and I, my spouse and I, my husband and I are arguing all the time. I'm out of shape. Whatever it is, I'm stressed. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared about this virus that's going out there. Okay, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? And so it's being mindful. And what being mindful means is being present. The ability to turn off the noise that's coming into your head. So this brings me back to what Jason says about a yin deficient society. So there's the yin and the yang. They're not opposites. When you, this is the only time, by the way, you're going to hear me talk about balance. <laughs> you know, I don't like work-life balance. There is a balance of the yin and the yang. I write about it in my book that actually that's where freedom can be found because the yin and the yang is not only masculine and feminine, it can be looked at as chaos and order. Now, there is a fine line at which freedom and fulfillment can be found that I believe is the fine line and the path between order and chaos. Now, some people need a little bit more order. Some people need a little bit more chaos. I need a little bit more chaos in my life. But when I do it, I, I got to be careful not to build a prison of chaos. But you need that balance before the yin and the yang. But the yin is also the masculine. The yin is the masculine. Think about martial arts. Some of the best, best martial artists, and by the way, there are some martial arts that teach you the entire first several months, six months maybe a year, is learning how to fall. They teach you how to fall. I, if you go back and, and listen to my podcast with Jason Gregory, he says that he's got a relative and the kid was so angry and wanted to quit. He's like, I wanted to learn how to kick ass. I didn't want to learn how to fall. And what he learned was learning how to fall is the yin, learning how to yield. And so it was not Aikido. It was a, it was a Japanese form of Aikido, which teaches you to win a fight without throwing a punch or a kick. You use your opponent's energy against you. You absorb the blow. How many of you have ever seen uh, Karate Kid? How about Karate Kid 2? Right? At the beginning, there's this scene, right? And they're in the parking lot, and it's after the first fight from Karate Kid 1. And if you remember, 
um, he looks and Johnny is getting pushed around by Crease, right? The, 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 the idiot teacher or the, the coach. How does Miyagi beat him? Does anyone remember? How he won that fight? He just moves out of the way. Yeah. Moved out of the way. Crease yeah. put his hand through the windows and destroyed his hand and just fell down. Now Miyagi went and could have killed him and went on his nose, right? He won the fight without throwing a punch. Yin deficient society is this. Yin is the masculine. Yin is when you sit there. Yin is when you go into a sales call and instead of verbally vomiting on people about how wonderful you are, you ask questions. Yin is absorbing energy. Yin is tuning out the crap and being present. Yin was the ability for the man I told in the story at the beginning of this to look at the flower and absorb and say, wow, there's tigers about to kill me, but right now, I'm going to be grateful for the beauty of this flower in front of me. That's yin. What's yang? It's the masculine. This is not gender, by the way, masculine and feminine. Yang, or yang, as we say in America, yang is the masculine. Yang is ass kicking. Yang is throwing a punch. Yang is throwing a kick. Now, what Jason Gregory writes about in his book, Fasting the Mind, I'll share the book, incredible book. I'll share the link to the book. And if you listen to my podcast is the ability to live in the yin, while spontaneously and intentionally throwing out the young, right? Now I, I do this and, and it's my philosophy for sales, for branding, for everything, right? I shut up and, and those of you who have been through some of my sales training, right? It's about asking questions. I call it the interview call. You know, I don't like talk about pushing people down the funnel. It's drawing people to you. Bob Berg says that influence isn't about the push, it's about the pull, it's about the yin. And then you can apply the yang when people ask, what do you do? You can close a deal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, in our society, our society is yin deficient because we're all about the yang. Like the guru I shared who says, save two hours a week by not meditating. Or I see people regularly sharing this, oh, oh, it's the motivational crap from Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, you know what? You're not getting your shit done because you're sleeping eight hours a night. Sleep three hours a night and you have more time to do work right? This is the society we have built, a society that's not mindful, a society that is committing suicide by being constantly inflamed and constantly full of the noise that's going on around, right? I used to be addicted to the news. I made the news. I worked in DC. I worked in the craft and all of it. I was obsessed with it. I was angry for about 20 straight years of my life. Now, do I heavily curate the information that I let in, you better believe it. It still comes in. We don't allow the news on, on the TVs in our house. Um, I don't follow any news and I have people, my wife forwards me most of the stuff I see, right? But it's noise in our head. I don't have to know about every hurricane that's happening in the world. And I posted this, somebody said, but what about taking action and doing a clothing drive? I said, is that what you do when you see a hurricane? She's like, no. Okay, right? Are you going to be able to help someone right now? Are you going to be able to do something right now? If you can, then do it. But don't sit there and marinate in stress because you're killing yourself. You're hurting those around you because guess what? When you're stressed out, everyone knows it. Everyone around you, your loved ones feel it. It hurts your relationships. It hurts you. The cortisol, the inflammation is killing you. So mindfulness is incredibly important to at least take 20 minutes a day to tune out the noise, be present, focus on your breath. We're gonna talk about here in a little bit about how to do that. But one thing I'd, I'd love for you to do is if you have a piece of paper and a pen, 
is write the word disease on the piece of paper. Now what I'd like you to do is put a straight line splitting the word after DIS. Split up that word into two words or hyphenate it. And what does it now say? This is easy. Well, there you go. That's the way it should be, right? Dis-ease, that's the root of the word. When you have disease, it's because there is some level of stress, which is inflammation in your body, right? Now, a big reason, there's germ theory, there's terrain theory, there's probably a mix of both, right? Um, but if you had two gardens right next to each other and one garden is just dried out, crappy, they didn't take care of that garden. And the other one, they water, they till the garden, then they take care of it and there's a lightning strike. And the one that is all dry just burns up. It's easy to blame it on the lightning, isn't it? But that other garden, the person took care of it. It's the same with your body. If you take care of your body and don't make it stressed out all the time, guess what? You're less likely to get what? Dis-ease. Right now, I don't care where you are on the spectrum of this and that with what's going on with COVID, but it is absolutely 100% undeniable that if you are, uh, if you have a series of comorbidities, I mean, it's, 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 it's to the point where most people who are being hospitalized and dying have up to four or five comorbidities. Is their garden tilled? There's disease going in their body. And so it attacks onto it, right? I just had an uncle who passed away a month ago. And oh my gosh, he's a victim of COVID, blah, blah, blah. He carried around oxygen for five years. He was a lifelong smoker and had COPD. Was he a victim of COVID or decisions that he made? Now, it's possible he would have died. He still fought for about two months. But no, he put his body into a state of dis-ease. And so when we look at mindfulness, it's about putting yourself at ease. It's about being present. It's about tuning out the noise, even if just for 20 minutes a day. And when I start feeling a little sick, a little down, I stop what I'm doing. I stop what I'm doing. I don't care what client needs me. I just don't care. I don't care uh, the emails. Oh my gosh, I gotta check it. Because I spent 14 years feeling guilty about going to take a walk. I'd go for a walk to be mindful and I would feel guilty because, oh my gosh, what if the phone rings? Oh my gosh, what if I do? You know what? No one is that important in your life. No one. Oh, but Kurt, I need to make a living. Okay, good. Try to make a living when you're dead. Try to make a living. See how it works when your wife leaves you or your husband leaves you. Really get used to how that disease feels when your parents complain, your parents, or your, maybe your parents, when your kids complain that you're not present with them. So this is what meditation is all about. And we have such a young, yang, whatever you want to call it, society that says, go, go, go. Achieve, achieve, achieve. Strive, strive, strive. There's nothing wrong with that. But as Jason says, you can do that residing in the yin. There are so many people who watch who say, I, I disagree with Kurt. He talks about the hustle and the grind is bad. Now, those of you who have been through my programs know that I say, I never said, just sit on the couch and just pray and everything's going to come to you. There's a process I teach, but I like to get my process done and go hiking. I like to get my process done. Richard, that's what you help your clients with, right? 
That's what you help them with. You can still achieve things, but not be in a constant stressed out state. Guess what? People were achieving things before this damn thing came in, before we were all completely stressed. So mindfulness. Now, something I'm going to share with you is this wonderful book here. It's by Thich Nhat Hanh. It's called You Are Here. Now, I read, started reading these books years ago. My mom is, you know, heavily Catholic. Oh my gosh, you're somehow courting the devil by reading someone who's a Buddhist. Read the book with an open mind. I started reading this several years ago. And when we came into Sedona, I started working on Qigong and Tai Chi to be more mindful with a master here who was trained in the Wudong Mountain region of China. He was trained to meditate by Thich Nhat Hanh. I didn't know that when I, when I came in, but I've been reading him forever. What I'm going to talk about today really comes down to what he teaches. And this book is really where it is. You are here. It sounds so simple. Well, of course I'm here, but how many of us are truly here right now? That story I told at the beginning, the man who saw the flower while the tigers were chasing him above and below, he decided to be here. Now, most of you don't have tigers above and tigers below, but we have that in our lives in some way. Can you be truly here without focusing on your to-do list, your task list, the email, the meeting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, anxiety, stress. And so I urge you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this. But one thing that Thich Nhat Hanh, I want to share a quote from him as we get into meditating, because this is what it's all about. And, and, you know, in my Freedom Business Blueprint Bootcamp, that's a lot of Bs, uh, there was uh, there were some people, uh, one in particular, who I know is going to watch this, and, and um, he's in the Freedom Circle. And he said, listen, I'm having trouble meditating because I'm going into it and I'm just trying so hard and it's not working. Well, here's one of the keys. It's not supposed to work. And it's not about trying hard. That's the young. That's what we're taught. If it's not working, try harder. You know what my sprint coach told me when I was in track? Try less. Don't try as hard. You ever watch a sprinter, world-class sprinter in the Olympics, and they slow down? What do their faces look like? Their faces look like rubber. They are completely at ease. They're not like this. They're just at ease, right? Because what happens when you're tense? Remember that Iron Man story? Your body puts, puts it toward detention instead of what? Running the race. So you can still achieve and you can achieve more by being at ease. Meditation isn't about trying hard. It's not about winning. It's not about it working or not working. In fact, it's about being aware and being able to catch yourself and say, my mind is going away. So this quote from Thich Nhat Hanh is wonderful. He's a big proponent of the inner smile and having an inner smile. And that's a big part of what, about what meditation is all about. Because it's easy to wake up and be like, oh, I got this crap I got to do today. I, I don't want to do this call with so-and-so. I have all this and that and the other thing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, they're coming out with an announcement today or whatever. There's a variant. The stock market went down. Blah, 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 right? It's about waking up and having an inner smile, seeing that flower in front of you. And Thich Nhat Hanh writes, to meditate well, we have to smile a lot. I always say that a smile can be a practice and a kind of yoga practice. He calls it yoga of the mouth. You just smile even if you don't feel joy. And you'll see after you smile that you just feel differently. Sometimes the mind takes the initiative. And sometimes you have to allow the body to take the initiative. Sometimes the spirit leads. And sometimes the body can lead. You know, the whenever I find I'm doing meditation wrong, 
there's such a thing. It's because I've confused the type of breath work that I talked about in a previous training, Wim Hof, which is more of what I would consider a medical intervention, right? I'm having an anxiety attack, I do Wim Hof and I just bring it down, right? I feel sick, I feel a scratchy throat, I do the Wim Hof. It's, it's like taking some medicine, right? Meditation is less like that. And so instead of trying to control your breath with your mind, what I do is I put on a smile and I let the breath control my mind and my body. And so that's what it's all about. That's what Thich Nhat Hanh shares. And we're gonna get into here um, a quick, oh, let me see, someone's putting in a comment here. Um, Chris writes, Zen mind is no mind. And that's it, that's exactly right. How, how many of you have seen, by the way, um, it's an excellent movie, even though they they they, they fictionalize some history. Uh, it, um, the Last Samurai. You ever seen that? So it's it's a Tom Cruise movie, okay. But that's why I didn't watch it. And I watched it and um, it's interesting because he's an American who fought in the Civil War and a general who was very young. Let's go and fight. And these samurais who don't have guns are destroying these armies with the guns and everything. And so they kidnap him and they take him and he starts learning their ways and he cannot defeat in a sword fight uh, this samurai. And he's trying so hard. And finally, this little kid who barely speaks English, the only thing he can say is no mind, no mind. That's what he gives Tom Cruise as the, um, that, that, that's basically the fighting advice he gives him. So from then, Tom Cruise just goes into mindfulness. He goes into his breath and suddenly he can sense the other person's move before it happens. He can sense people behind him, right? He is fully mindful and aware of what's going on around him. And that's what Thich Nhat Hanh talks about. As you meditate, you may hear a noise. That's okay. Be aware of that noise. Your thought may go and you start may start thinking about your to-do list for the day or the call you have. That's fine. Become aware of that and then bring it back to your breath. Bring it back to your smile. Part of meditation is becoming truly aware that you're having thoughts. If you're angry, being aware that you're angry, almost as a third party observer. And in doing so, the ability to then step back from the cortisol and the anxiety, look at yourself and say, I'm angry right now, that's okay. You know, I have this call later today, okay, I'm not gonna worry about that right now. Oh wow, the, the you know, sometimes I meditate in the morning. Uh, like five in the morning in the darkness. And sometimes the air conditioner will click on really loud, or not the air, the heat will click on really loud and it'll just kind of distract me. And that used to, oh, that damn heater just distracted me. Okay, the heater's on, that's cool. Okay, sometimes I'll hear a bird outside and I just, oh, that's a bird outside. You're just aware. In Buddhism, they call it open awareness meditation. It's just becoming aware and that's fine. Being aware of your thoughts, your emotions and your anger, but bringing it back to your breath and bringing it back to your smile. And so this book, um, I was gonna read the opening part of the chapter with it. I urge you to read it. It's just a wonderful book about being present. Um, you know, even Thich Nhat Hanh in the beginning says he begins his day with incense. You don't have to do incense, right? Uh, while following my breath, I think to myself that this day is a day to live fully. And I make the vow to live each moment of it in a way that's beautiful, solid, and free. It only takes me three or four minutes, but it gives me a great deal of pleasure. You can do the same thing when you wake up. Breathe in and tell yourself that a new day has been offered to you and ha you have to be here to live it. 
You have to be here to live it, not just physically present, but mentally present. And so a big part of this is putting yourself at ease, being present, being mindful right here and now. We've talked about some of the studies and the physical studies uh, on mindfulness and cortisol and mindfulness and cortisol and inflammation, right? But just from a purpose of being mindful, tuning it out, having the opportunity to be with yourself and be here now, focus on your body, focus how you feel. There's an old quote with Bill Murray that he says he's talking about being fully present. And he sometimes just sits in his chair and thinks about the weight of his butt on the chair and he focuses on that and it's a way that he can be present that he knows he's here now he feels his weight in the chair sometimes when i meditate i do, I'll, my foot will fall asleep and i just focus on that my foot's asleep you know what when i focus on my foot feeling asleep i'm being present you know what i'm not focusing on my sales call for the next day or for later in the day i'm not focusing on the news focusing on my damn foot i'm actually being present something as seemingly stupid and small is very important because it's so easy not to be present. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. As I mentioned in the intro, there was a portion of this presentation that you missed that was only available exclusively to members of the Freedom Circle. It was the workshop portion regarding meditation and mindfulness. If you'd like to listen or watch the replay of that workshop and join all our wonderful workshops, all our live events in the Freedom Circle, go to freedomcircle.life. That's freedomcircle.life. Learn more about it, sign up, or you can ping me for more information. Either way, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please have an abundant day, abundant week, abundant rest of this year, and hope you'll come back for our next episode. Thank you. Thank you.